Hallelujah. Wow. Some of you, we have not seen you for a whole year. Happy New Year. Is it working? We are just starting. We are just starting. So, Happy New Year to everybody. I, I want to believe that as the year has turned over, you have also ask your neighbor, are you a better person in year 2020 than in year 2019? Amen. What do your neighbor say? After the camp. <laughs> your neighbor didn't talk. He has no plans of if your neighbor didn't answer, you tell your neighbor that it's a sign. Oh, it's really a sign. Anyway, it's good to have all of you back. And I want to believe that God is going to do something with us before we leave here. Do you believe it too? Our time here is very short. And... Um, so we, we really need to be a bit sober. Yes, so that we just use the time we have. Are you there? To cover as much ground as we can. We have an aim and we have a reason for coming here. We didn't come here because we want to sleep. Uh, if we had wanted to sleep, we would have stayed where we were. We also didn't come here because we want to eat. If food was the reason, I don't think this is where we would have chosen. But we came out away from the distractions around us, away from everything. Away from all the distractions to concentrate a little bit and to hear what God will say to us. Amen. If you are in this room, it means that you are in charge of something apart from just yourself. Being in charge of yourself is one. But you do something in church. And that's why you are here. So shake the hand of your neighbor and say, Neighbor, you are in good company. You are in good company. You are in good company. Amen. So we're going to have... Tonight isn't going to go on very long because I want us to wake up at 4 o'clock tomorrow. Um, hold on a minute. How many of you have full reception on your phones? You are able to just take out your phone and check because a bit of what we are doing in that... Our Father, I mean, the prayer is continuing tomorrow, so I'm just trying to see whether we can follow from our individual phones or what exactly we will do. What exactly can we do? Albert, can you approach the bench? Let me find out what can be done. Okay. So tomorrow, we're going to stream live from here. And we'll come in at 4 o'clock and do the prayer till 6. Amen. So tonight, I'm not going to push the, the borders as much as I will push it tomorrow. Mm. Yeah. 
secondary. Our fast has started. And the instructions that we have for this week are a fast from 4 a.m. to 4 p.m. Turn to your neighbor and say, I, I can do it. I can do it. I mean, if you did five days, this uh, 4 a.m. to 4 p.m., I mean, it's not even, it doesn't even register. <laughs> Amen. We will, because we are in a controlled setting, we will try to still do the coffee so that we'll have one or two coffee breaks. Just so that you don't sleep. If you don't need it, you don't need to take it. But don't be self-righteous because we are in a camp. It's a teaching camp. I need you awake and alert and I need your minds working. So those of you who a fast mix sluggish will find that the coffee may help you to just be awake. Amen. Is it alright? Okay, so tomorrow promises to be interesting. Yes. But for tonight, we are going to start and get somewhere. And I was almost laughing when I came in and um, I heard the psalm that David was reading because that's my opening psalm. I don't know what he was going to do with it, but we're going to talk about one or two or three things. So... This is just for the start up of the camp. Psalm 1. Verse 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Hallelujah. One of the things that has amazed me are the provisions for prosperity in the Bible. They are so many and they are so varied that it must be a crime not to prosper. Oh yes, it's so many different ways and so many things that if you walk by them, they will cause you to prosper. Are you, are you with me? Yeah. And this is one of them. It's a formula, or if you like, it's a marking scheme. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. So it gives us three things not to do. Then he gives us two things to do. His delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law that he meditates day and night. So this person who does not do these three things but does these two things is like a tree, will be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in season leaves shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper can you see the promise right there how many of us want to prosper how many of us we want to do well okay I need you to remove your brain your own wisdom remove it 
according to Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 4. Labor not to be rich. Then it says what? Cease from your own wisdom. Your own wisdom says, when it's time to go to school, don't go. Your own wisdom says, school is more important than God. Your own wisdom says, when we don't have anything to do, then we do God. Your own wisdom says, God is a waste of time. Your own wisdom says, a lot of things. A lot of things. So tonight, I'm saying to you, the Bible says, cease from your own wisdom. Amen. Your wisdom is not God's wisdom. And if I were you, I would prefer God's wisdom to my wisdom. <clears throat> if you open your eyes even now, you can see the mistakes of your parents. Tell me I'm lying. Yeah. Don't feel proud about it. Just notice it and say, Lord, have mercy on me. Remembering that you are half of one and half of the other. So your propensity to do the same nonsense is pretty high. So if you can see the mistake, you are privileged. If you can see the mistake. If you can see that your mother has had four children by five different men. Just, just, just observe it. You, you don't know what got here. That's not the point. Are you with me? That's not the point. Oh. But the point is that you can see that no. Okay. I don't know the way to go. But I know one way I shouldn't go. Because if you sit by your mother and ask, you should tell her, hmm. The first guy, I believed him more. They should boss me, boss me. They said the second guy too. I believed him. Oh. In fact, the third guy, you will discover four or five different broken hearts, which has produced all of them, including you. And you are there observing the difficulties. Are you there? And all those things are the products of man's wisdom. But you have had a chance to come close to God early in your life. You see, many older people, they come, when you hear an old man talking, you think that he's a Christian. It's not that he's a Christian. Life has slapped you this way, it's giving you another slap. So experience has taught you a few things. So, so you see that an old person, whether he's Christian or not, he sounds the same. Because he has come to those conclusions. But he has come to it through hard experience. You don't need to go through the experience. In fact, experience is the teacher of fools. Why do I say that? A lot of people say that what experience is what? It's not true. It's not true. At all. What kind of school will you be going to that will almost kill you? But if you joke, the school of experience, it has a lot of teachers. They never ever remove a candidate. And the candidate is welcome. The only problem is that you don't know whether by the end of the school you'll be alive. There are some things if you experience it, you may not survive. Hey. Are you there? So why not open your eyes and look and why not take your Bible, which is wiser than you, and believe what it says. And tonight, the scripture we are looking at, which we are going to use tonight, actually we're just going to pray for a short time. But I'm taking my, my time to introduce the topic because some of you are already walking on this road. Are you there? And because we have an enemy, 
So you have either walked on the road before or you are on the road or you are about to go on the road. There are only three options. And the devil doesn't give up. The fact that he tempted you like three years ago doesn't mean he won't come back to see whether can I, can I try again? Are you with me? So, so you want to just this prayer is the prayer of insurance for this year. Are you understanding me? You're trying to, I mean, guard yourself. You want to make sure that, you see, you have come to school because you are hoping to prosper. But I don't need to tell you that it's not enough. Should we dissect that one? You want to enter that one? Should I start asking how many of you are doing law so that I'll send you to see the number of lawyers who don't have work? Why do we do it? We do it because we're on the earth. It's part of our processes. But if you think that this is your insurance to prosperity, you are severely lacking in wisdom. There are better people than you and me, but it didn't work for them. So we know it is not all the solution. It is, you, it is a good thing to do, but it's not the solution. You can't put your faith in it. You cannot. Are you there or you have traveled? You cannot put your faith in it. You see that hey, things are so transient. They are so transient. Are you there? So the Bible is showing us who a blessed man is. Showing us who a prosperous person is. Showing us the things that when we do them, we become prosperous. Going for a loan is not inside. <laughs> and he goes on by giving us three things we shouldn't do. The first thing, don't walk in the advice or the counsel of an ungodly person. It doesn't matter an ungodly person is a person who doesn't know God. Uh-huh. Doesn't accept God. An irreligious person. Are you there? Yeah. Doesn't conform to what God is saying in his word. You see. So, they also have their advice. Or their counsel. And the Bible says, if you want to do well, do not use the advice of ungod- an ungodly person no matter who he is. No matter who he is. Don't use his counsel. The counsel of an ungodly person will tell you that it's a waste of time to serve God. Tell me I'm lying. Some of you have such people as your roommates. When you are even going to church, sometimes you are trying to hide a little so that it's not so obvious because Charlie, when they open their mouth, it's more than gone. But the Bible says, do not, if you want to do well, don't use the advice of an ungodly person. And an ungodly person will tell you a lot of things. He'll tell you that it's a disgrace to be a virgin, whether male or female. Mm. Yeah. He'll tell you that you have to be a ladies' man. And that the people who are ladies' men, there's a way in which they talk, there's a way in which they do their things. He'll tell you that your clothing is colo. And so to up it, you better, you better, you know, you know. And he will encourage you. No, I'm very serious. I once has had a church member who was a student. And she was a prostitute. And it was by ungodly advice that she got there. Ungodly advice. She had come to school and things were knocking things. Hmm. So those of you who have been holding your lack of pay or fees as if it's only you. I came to tell you tonight that look, it's not only you. So stop. It's not only you. 
Hey, push your neighbor and say, neighbor, stop what you are doing. Stop it, stop. You don't know my story. Stop it. Stop it. Hey. Jai, 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 jai. Ah. It's the devil who comes to make you feel that, you see, you feel so bad. It's like it's only me. It's not true. Oh. He's told everybody that lie. Oh, you are owing school fees. Don't worry about it. Oh. Eh, God will cancel it. He, look, it makes you feel so bad. You are almost feeling so bad. That, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. Amen? Don't feel bad. Yeah, God will maneuver you through it. And there are ways and means you, you will come out. Hallelujah. I need to say, because that's how he gets people to listen to ungodly advice. So, when things built to a certain point, and things were so difficult, nothing was coming from home, the person who she had, the first ungodly advice she went to obey was to go and live with a guy. She went to live with the guy. I don't need to tell you what next. I mean, it didn't. When she was now desperate, then the ungodly friend said, Come, I'll take you to a place, eh? I'll show you a place. It will sort out your every problem. And the person took her to a place in Kumasi, between a circle and another place. Yeah. Yeah. And she became a high class prostitute. I say high class because they the, the high class ones they don't stand on the road. Uh-huh. Their phone numbers are in places where there are pictures, then they'll call you. Okay. We're not doing politics here, please. Don't, don't mention. <laughs> are you in the house? You see, but when you follow ungodly advice. The things that happen, the devil, dear, any problem he solves from you, you will pay. Ah. <laughs> Please well, tell your neighbor. In the devil's world, there's no free cocoa, I'm telling you. <laughs> there is no free lunch. Hey. So when the problems began to knock, that's when she came to me. But she had followed ungodly advice, and it had made her a prostitute. I hope you get it. She never woke up one day to say that me as I'm there. This is what I want to be. No, no. Are you in the house? Yeah. So he says that don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Somebody who does not respect God does not have the right to advise you. Just learn it. Don't come and tell me that, oh yes, but you see, he has a degree in this, and he has a degree in so what? The Bible says that he or she is an ungodly person. Don't listen to their advice. So many people have listened to ungodly advice. Oh, you say your husband is doing what? Oh, put the food in the fridge. You put the food in the fridge, you find yourself outside the door. Yeah, it's ungodly advice. There are other ways to sort things out. Hallelujah. Then he goes to say, don't stand in the way. You see, when the Bible says the way, it's talking about the way of life. Are you getting it? So the Christians, for instance, in the book of Acts, they used to call them the way before they started calling them Christians. So they were talking about their way of life, their behavior. Amen. When he says the way, that's what he's talking about, their behavior. The old English has different words. Like when he says conversation, it's not talking about chatting. It's talking about their ways, the way, the, the behavior. And the way is also the behavior. So it says here, don't, don't, don't copy the behavior of sinners. Don't copy the behavior of sinners. 
Hey. Don't copy the behavior of sinners. Don't dress like them. Don't imitate them. Don't sound like them. And it's very, very good counsel and very important counsel. By following the way of sinners, we have introduced into the church so many problems. Yeah, so many problems. Rate of HIV in church, out church, same. Yes. Yes. STDs in church, out church, same. Hey. Abortions in church, out church, same. No, you see, I'm saying it as if it's light, oh, but it's not light at all. When a girl in church wants to have an abortion, it's not an unbeliever she goes to see. She goes to see another girl in church. Yeah. <laughs> Are you there? Why? Because we have bought, brought the ways of the sinners into the church. What they do, we have brought it. The way they do their things, that's how we do our things. And it has just brought us poverty. There are poor students outside church, inside church, same. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the programs on campus for unbelievers, believers, unbelievers, they are all there. Doesn't matter whether it is one wale or another wale, whatever it is, you are there. Yeah. Yeah. It says, don't stand in the way of sinners. Say, uh, 14 February 2 is coming. Yeah. And it's a Friday. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, we have been forced as a church to have programs on. February 14th, just to stop our weak-minded Christians. Oh, it's true. So this year too, we will have an alternative. We will do something. <laughs> so that you won't come and tell us that you wanted to, you see, you had no choice. It was the only place you could go. It was only something, something, something. Are you in the church? Yeah. Says don't do what they do. Don't do things the way they do things. You see an unbeliever, see a sinner standing dead, arguing, misbehaving. Then you, Christian, do the same thing. Yeah. Your speech is as ugly. Oh, Jesus. You should be saying, mercy, Lord. Mercy, mercy, mercy. No, what I'm sharing with you is very true. Yeah. And, and, and you need to get yourself out of it. You know, we need to come out because we want to prosper. And the Bible says that if we follow those ways, we won't prosper. I hope you get me. He's giving us three things. So the first one was what? Advice of the ungodly. It doesn't matter if it's your parents. Please, so don't go anywhere and say we have taught you to disobey parents. No. No. But when you see, if your parent is not a believer, or your parent is a believer with a bat. Yeah. Those ones are even worse than the unbeliever. The unbeliever, you know that your parent yeah, doesn't believe. So now these ones who are like this, like that, they confuse their children. So you better have your head on straight and know what is right and what is not right. Are you there? 
I have a friend. When she wanted to get married, and she went to see her father, her father said, oh, you want to marry? Really? Go and get pregnant first. Yes. Yes. It was a major beast in the house. But he is not going to say anything. You must go and go and sleep with the man and let us be sure that you can be pregnant. He was not trying to be Samuel, but in his world, ungodly advice. It's like, don't come tomorrow and say that my daughter couldn't have a child. Just test and see. If you haven't tested, how do you know that it's a man? How do you know that it's correct? How do you know that... And you see, wait, oh, you may think that, you see, you may think that it's out of badness. It's not out of badness. It's worldly wisdom. Yeah. I remember a couple in church. They married. The marriage was there. Shortly after the marriage, every day, so about four years or so into the marriage, the man said, I don't like anymore. By this time, they had had one child. Hey, the woman was misbehaving. Hey. Her family had entered. She blasted all of them. Her father came to talk. She added him. Pastor came to talk. Oh, we did. They are finished. That's long before. Hey, what is going on? Do you not want to know? Do you want to know what was going on? You are sure you want to know what was going on? You see, I'm showing you why the ladies' uh, father's counsel. No, it was the counsel of. It was worldly wisdom. Do you want to know what it was? Yeah. Hey! Not knowing that. <laughs> Sana. Sana. Asomwa. The brother was impotent. Wait, wait. The reason why. The reason why it had become a beast was because apparently he knew before he married her. So that's what, yes. Are you getting it? So it's not like, I'm not talking about somebody who doesn't have sperm. No, no, he did. It doesn't work. Hey! Hey! Brothers, I thought you'd be calling on God. The Lord, they deliver me from me. Hey! <laughs> Quiet, quiet, quiet. So, so, the girl couldn't forgive him that he knew. Are you getting me? And he had still bound her in the marriage. So, after they had gone back and forth, back and forth, so the family didn't know anything about this. What we knew was that this family has one child. So, now there was now a whole meeting where people have come. We have to come and judge it. The matter, pastors have come, everything. And then uh, her family head is talking to her and he says that, uh, you see, for the sake of the child, then the woman says, I'm coming. Then she enters the room. She goes to bring a bottle of schnapp. She says that the schnapp that they brought, here is it. Give it to them. Then they say, the child, no, it's not for him. So they were sitting on two secrets. Sitting on the fact that, man, no. And sitting on the fact that she too, she has gone outside. So it's those kind of things. Those kind of things. 
that make people say, go and check before. But you see, we are believers. And we are Christians. We can't use the ways of the world. So my friend told her father, daddy, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Hey, are you trying to say that I'm doing, telling you to do a bad thing? I'm, hey. But, but eventually they married. Yeah. Are you here? And there's no such problem. They have children. <laughs> Amen. But I'm sharing this with you to say that sometimes the ungodly counsel is even coming from somebody very close to you. It can even come. So you must know the word of God because you are trying to prosper. Look at all the damage to people and to lives from ungodly counsel. You have gone to take up what they have caught you. Hey. Are you there? Ah. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, just learn. Just learn. <laughs> just learn. It's a normal human activity. Just learn. Never. <laughs> you are now going to be what? Writing things on your jeans, on your tie, on your palm. Oh, come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then it goes to say, so there, this is now the third thing. Nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. There are people who scorn your faith. They scorn your God. They scorn your church. They scorn your Christian life. According to the Bible. Cut it. Cut it. You may think it's not having an effect on you, but it is. That is why when you are in school coming to church, it's easier to get you to a camp than when you go home. When you go home, you are surrounded by another set of circumstances, including more of the scornful. And under those circumstances, things begin to change. There should not be people in your life who scorn what you believe. And if they are there, you cut it. It's not that you wake up and go and fight with them. You just deliver yourself from their company. Oh, yes. I had an aunt I really loved. This was what broke our relationship. I really loved her. I used to, as a child, I was in her house a lot. But as I grew and I became a Christian, she would insult my bishop. She would insult his wife because she knew us when we were growing up. She always had something scornful to say. And I realized that, you see, you can also not correct her, uh, uh, your aunt. You are not come to correct her. Hey, I just collected myself and went far. I remember uh, one time I met her about, oh, several years later, then she asked, she said, what happened? You know, what happened? I mean, what happened? I, asked. I couldn't tell her that you have, you, have, you have belittled something very important to me. Yeah. When something is important to you, somebody is important to you, you shouldn't sit down and let somebody else scorn it. So if your Christian faith is something that is what, what should I say? That you like. Nobody should be walking around you. You see, they are the ones who are already doing the random one. You can't help that one. But nobody should be close to you who is always speaking scornfully over what you say that you respect. It will confuse you. The Bible says don't do it. 
you in your wisdom will say, oh, he's my friend. Oh, we just, we just play a uh, spa together. Oh, we like the same football team. You like the same football team, but underneath the liking of the football team, the person is always passing barbs. Hey, that your church. <laughs> that your church that we share, beloved. You see? <laughs> when they say it, the first time you say to yourself that, oh, but how? But you see, it's a, drip, it's a drop of poison. The day you are in a relationship in church that doesn't work, that poison, it will work. It will work. Yeah, that poison. Are you there? So the Bible says, don't sit in the seat of the scornful. In fact, there are some relationships you must just end if you want to remain a Christian. And you better know. You better know. Because where they are carrying you is not good. Hey. Hmm. Then the Bible says that delight yourself in the law of the Lord. That's the word, the word of God. Delight yourself in the word of God. The word of God should be something that you want to hear and that you are happy to read and to hear about. And if you don't do that, that is why we are having this short time of prayer. To pray and say that, Lord, help me to like your word. Amen. When I became a Christian, for the life of me, I couldn't understand the Bible, let alone like it. And we used to have retreats every Saturday. And every Saturday I'll go. And every Saturday I was bored. And I'm bored because everybody's having a good time meditating the word. And I, for the life of me, cannot understand what they are doing. I went to pray about it. And I said, Lord, if this word is as important to me as they say it is. Because me, I don't like it. Help me. The next day I opened my Bible. It was like a new book. Suddenly I began to understand the Bible. Up to today it's like that in my life. Are you there? Up till today, it's like that. Up till today, I can open something, then I begin to understand other things, see other things. But it was not like that originally. But tonight's prayer will bring you a desire for the word. Hallelujah. So that when you are in any situation, your first thought will be, what does the word of God say about this? And if you don't know it, you go and search. You go and look. That's why I'm saying to you that I'm so surprised that all the scriptures talking about prosperity. Because I, I began to, I was, I was just looking, what does the Bible say? And I was amazed at how he has provided. If it is not this one that will work, it's that one that will work. If it's not this one, it's this one. You can't be following him closely and he won't sort you out. Ah, I was just reminded of a scripture recently. I was young and now I'm old. And yet I have not seen the what? The righteous, uh, what? Forsaken or his children begging for bread. That's a child. That's a scripture right there. So as you are there, you find yourself begging for bread. You open and say, Lord, there's a word here. And you pray it back to him. As soon as you pray, he does it. Oh. Hmm. Recently, somebody asked me that. Oh, but how? I said, the day you can answer how he's going to do it, that day you are God. The how is not our problem. <laughs> Push your neighbor and say, the how is not our problem. Yeah, how does he take your delight in the word to make you? How is not our problem? That's what he says he will do. If you don't accept the advice of the ungodly, if you don't go and stand in the world or behave as a sinner, if you don't go and sit with the scornful, if you love his word, if you like uh, 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 meditating on his word, hey, then he too says that, Charlie, me too, I'll make you like a tree. 
You see, a tree that is standing by a river, it does not know Hamatan. <laughs> a tree that is standing by the river, when it is time, the fruit will come. Don't lay, don't lay, it will come. Are you there? Because of where it is standing. Because of where it is standing. A tree planted by the riverside. It does well. It does well. Are you there? It, there's a shortage it doesn't have. You don't go picking dry leaves under it. No, 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 no. The leaves serve their life, their lifespan. That's why the Bible says here that his delight is in the law of the Lord and in, the, is in his law that he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in season. There's a season of your life coming for you to bear fruit. And if you will stand by that river, you will bear fruit. Hallelujah. Without struggle. Without struggle. Some of you who are here, the areas you are working, the church, you are struggling so much. You are struggling. The struggle sometimes is because there are things you have not understood. Not that it's not hard work, but because of the things covering it, it works. It works. Are you in the church where you have traveled? Yeah. Then he says, his leaf also shall not wither. In other words, a flourishing tree. The leaves are always there. Hamatano is there. Ready season is there. And then he goes on to say, and whatsoever he doeth. I find the end so sweet. Whatever you do, it's like if you pass it, you say, I'm dodging the richest crowd. It's following you. <laughs> I say, that is enough. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. You can't, I can't help it. I'm prospering. This year we're going to prosper. This year, I'm going to have people come to me in church to tell me that, look, I have brought these 12 tins of milk. Please just give it to somebody because I don't have place in my cupboard again. I brought, so please give it to somebody. Yeah. This, uh, this year, I'm going to have people tell me that my mobile phone, I have exceeded my limits. I have to go and open. I have to go and open. Ah, the Bible says, whatsoever he, he doeth shall prosper. If God is prospering you, it's not how man prospers you. Do you understand? When he's doing, he does. He does. He does. He does. Man will come and give you one. Give you two. He'll give you five. God. Yeah. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Whatsoever. Whatsoever. Whatever you find your hands to do. Whatever. Whatever you choose to do. This year. Whatever. Whatever you choose. Whatever you set your hand to. God will cause it to prosper. If you will abide by his word, you will prosper.